720 WGN. My man Adam Hogue is on the line. Mitchell Trubisky did not have his fifth-year option picked up. Nobody's surprised by that, but when you go through the list, Hoagie, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, Brandon Whedon, EJ Manuel, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, Paxton Lynch, these are the first-round draft picks who did not have their fifth-year option picked up, and that's not the list you want to be on if you're Mitchell Trubisky, even if this is not a surprise. That list kind of stands out to me. It does, Carm. Um, you know what's interesting, though, about that list is is those guys, other than Teddy Bridgewater, and he has obviously extenuating circumstances with that leg, um, which is why he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. I think he was well on his way to getting that before the, the leg injury. Uh, those guys, though, were all pretty awful. And, and the thing about Mitch is I still don't think he's awful. And I think some people – sort of overreact um, some of Mitch's struggles. He obviously hasn't lived up to his potential. That's not, you know, I'm not saying otherwise, but he's, he's won some games for the bears. You know, they did win a division title with them a couple years ago. Um, they, that playoff game they lost was not because of him. He had him in so, position. Yep. All that. Yeah, but, but he, he absolutely also does not deserve an option that essentially um, it doesn't guarantee him $24 million, but that's the number that you're putting up. as You're, you're basically risking the possibility of owing him $24 million or, or even locking him into that um, if you even want to take him beyond this next season. So I, to me, it wasn't worth the risk, uh, especially with Nick Foles there as a security option. Uh, there's just really no reason to guarantee him that, that money. Now, if he balls out this year, that that's the argument to me. If he balls out this year, you're going to probably owe more than $24 million if you have to fr- franchise him definitely. What, we'd have to see what a pot, potential long-term extension would look like. But he's going to earn that money then. Like, whatever the money is, you're not going to mind paying it to him if he earns it. The overwhelming probability, though, Carm, is that he's not going to be worth $24 million a year from now, right? I mean... <laughs> It's just not going to be. So to me, that's not why this. That's why this is not surprising at all. Yeah, and everything you said with, I agree there. I'm not here to pile on Mitch, and clearly, I've never been flying the Mitchell Trubisky flag, and neither of you, Adam Hogue. I think you've been very balanced in it. But let me just play that out, just so we have all the understanding. If he plays great, then their option is to bring him back and either extend him on a long term deal and or franchise him. Did I hear that right? Correct. I mean, or or let him test the market and potentially lose them. I mean, that's the. Right. I mean, essentially, what what this is doing for the fans that don't understand the fifth year option, he is playing in a contract year now. You know, they, this is the last year of his deal. When you're drafted, you get four years. If you're drafted in the first round, there's a fifth year option the team can pick up, but they can decline that option. And that's what the Bears are doing here, and so whatever he does this season. If the Bears want to keep him at the end of this season, they either have to negotiate a long-term contract or they have the franchise tag at their disposal. The franchise tag number will be higher than what this fifth-year option was, which was looking around $24 million. So that's a risk. But you know what? They did this with Kyle Fuller a few years ago. They declined the fifth-year option, 
at that point, and there's been a lot of revisionist history because that example has been used multiple times by some national outlets that have said, oh, the Bears screwed that up and they should have done it. People forget Kyle Fuller had really proven nothing at that point and had been hurt at that point. So to pick up the fifth-year option, really, if you go back to the moment they decided not to do it, was pretty ludicrous. He comes out, though, in that fourth year, in his fourth season, and played really, really well. And it put the Bears in a position where they wanted to keep him, but they didn't have the fifth-year option anymore. And so they ended up using the transition tag, which is similar to the franchise tag. And in the end, Kyle Fuller probably got a bigger deal than he would have otherwise. But Bears are pretty happy with their number one cornerback, right? And they're probably okay paying him the money that they are. That's the point. If Mitch goes out and earns it this year, then you're going to be okay paying whatever it is you have to pay to keep him. And, you know, even even in a situation like Kirk Cousins, which to me would actually be the most positive, realistic situation here, that whatever Mitch does, he sort of becomes Kirk Cousins, where he's good, but he's not Holmes, right? So franchise him in Washington for a couple of years, and then finally they said goodbye. And, and I think that's ultimately – Um, kind of maybe the road that the Bears would be in if they're in the position where they actually want to keep Mitch. The overwhelming probability here, I still think, is that, you know, Nick Foles is going to end up playing some meaningful football, and he's under contract for three years, and maybe you just go forward with him. Because is is Mitch really going to be better than Nick Foles at the end of 2020? Right. Let me throw another way of looking at this, too. What happens if, I don't know, training camp's going along, the bear, oh, assuming there is training camp, the Bears yeah. don't like what they're seeing or they love what they're seeing with Nick and they, they're settling into Mitch is going to be a backup. Some team out there loses a quarterback in training camp and or in a preseason game and they're dialing up the Bears. Can the Bears trade Trubisky with how the, the cap works? Because I know that he's earning this, but his dead cap is this, and that's why I'm asking you, Adam Hogue, because you know these things. Yeah, they could. I mean, if there's really demand for him, um, and I guess that's possible. I mean, uh, I, I'm just I'm just putting yeah. it out there. Like, look, if you if you're seeing that Nick is better, and you know you're not signing him, what's he worth on the open market right now? If are you if, is Mitchell Trubisky worth the second round pick? Probably not. Is he worth the fourth rounder? Like, what do you think he's worth? Mm, well, Nick Foles was worth the fourth rounder. So, That's the thing, you know, and it, it, it goes back to what I started this conversation with. Trubisky, to me, has still shown enough promise that, it's like, at the end of next season, let's just say, you know, it hasn't worked out. Maybe Nick Foles has become a starter. There's going to be a team. There is going to be a team that's going to say, hey, look, we still think we can turn Mitch Trubisky into something because he's still physically talented. He has a good arm. He's athletic. He's I think there's probably some coaches out there that, that think that if they put him in the right offense and maybe run him a little bit more like Lamar Jackson, that you can get more out of him, you know, use his legs more. And, and so I don't know about a trade. I, 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 I don't know. That seems unlikely. And I don't even know if you'd want to trade him because who's your backup to Nick Foles then if you make that deal? Um but I could see if he just hits the open market next March that there's definitely going to be a team that picks him up. Right. I mean, my argument 
or at least that possibility would be a little stronger if the Bears had drafted a quarterback and then all of a sudden he's playing well in training camp, then maybe you would perhaps consider doing something as aggressive as that with Trubisky. But, I, you know, I expect him to be here, and I expect, like you're saying, I don't I don't think the Bears will sign him. And, and hey, he could go on and be successful elsewhere. We saw what Ryan Tannehill did in Tennessee this year, and a lot of people, most people, were betting against Ryan Tannehill. But here, Adam Hogue, let's move on to the draft. What did you like most about what the Bears did? I think what I like most is that I, I think that they – they got one starter and another player that's going to be basically a starter uh, in in the second round, and, and that's look that's easy to say now when they haven't even you know put on an NFL jersey yet. But the, I, I like Jalen Johnson, the cornerback out of Utah. I think as long as his shoulders are okay, they they got close to a first round talent there, somebody that can step in and just his style of play translates really well to the NFL. Like he shouldn't, ha- I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler right away. I'm going to say, I'm going to say though, he's going to be a pretty good number two cornerback with Kyle Fuller. And I, I'd be surprised if he's not starting week one. And then Cole Komet, you know, he's basically going to be a starter too. The reason why I lower the expectations just a little bit is because it almost always takes a tight end some time to adjust to the NFL, especially from a physical standpoint. That's a tough position to play. I think Cole Komet's ready to, to get in there and catch some passes, and I think he'll be effective in the passing game. Um, but there's going to be adjustment period blocking. I do agree with Ryan Pace, though, that he has upside in that area. So realistically for Cole Komet in year one, I think we'll look back on it and say he had a pretty solid rookie season, but he's really set up to break out in 2021. I think that's more realistic just for the tight end position. I do like both of those picks, though, Carm. And so I, I like that they they didn't necessarily draft a project, like a true project in the second round. They got two guys that I feel like can play meaningful snaps for you right away. Last one. Am I going to be having a conversation with you next year saying, why the hell did they not draft Jake Fromm and they took Kendall Vildor? Or is it going to be like, <laughs> Kendall Vildor was sweet. What a great pick by Ryan Pace. I'll be shocked if we're talking about that with Jake Fromm. I think Jake Fromm's a guy who five years down the road we look at and like, oh, that guy's still in the league. And every once in a while he comes off the bench and he wins you a game. You know, like that's probably going to be Jake Fromm. Uh, the one, the one that I wonder about is is Jalen Hurts. Uh, I like I like Jalen Hurts' game, and, and I think he has a ways to go. And I think he lands in a good spot in Philadelphia, where they're not going to need him to play right away. Uh, he he's gonna you know unless Carson Wentz gets hurt again, um, but that's the guy who I think has some upside that um, too many teams overlook. So maybe that's the example um, where a couple years down the line we're going, oh man, Jalen Hurts was there and they didn't they didn't take him. Adam Hogue, appreciate you. What's your number one takeaway from the Last Dance? Oh, uh, here's honestly, Carm. You'll appreciate this because you know I grew up a 90s kid growing up with these Bulls, but I was too young to really understand the Pistons rivalry, Uh. right? So the last two episodes, to me, like really soaking that in and understanding how bitter it was, that was awesome for me. So, so far through the first four episodes, that's the biggest part I appreciate. Um, And now we're starting to get into more of the memories that I'm going to, you know, 
have like legitimate feelings coming back for because I can remember them in the nineties. But the Pistons stuff was awesome. It's amazing. I, Isaiah, Jordan was the number two guy all time when when it started for Isaiah Thomas. Now he's down to number four. I really, really <laughs> despise that man. Hey, uh, enjoy your Saturday night, Adam Hoke. Thanks so much for for being on, my brother. You got it, Carp. Thanks. Seven twenty WGN.